0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 5 of PressYYZ. This is your one stop shop where we bring you all the best video game news and discussion with a uniquely Canadian twist. You can find us on Twitter at PressYYZ, where we appreciate any feedback you may have about the show. I'm your host, Mitch George, joined today by AJ Fraser. What's going on, guys? Alexander Cozy Bear Cozina. Un de toi, bonjour. Comment je m'appelle Alex? And the HR savant, Nathan McInerney. Ahoy hoy. So, uh, just to start off the top of the show. So last week we screwed up. <laughs> yep. well. Th- thank you for those of you who have stuck with us through that technical snafu. But we lost one of the hosts' audio and it made it unlistenable. Thankfully, we we had one in the chamber that we could still put out content for you guys, but we're going to be more careful about that in the future.
1: Yeah, it, um, you know, way back in the day, my mom always used to tell me that you should never record a podcast episode from a submarine. And, you know, uh, we suffered the consequences of me doing so.
2: On a complete tangent... I think maybe we should put a few more in the tank if something like this happens again. So maybe if our audience has any suggestions on some evergreen episodes we could have in the tank ready to go, let us know.
0: I've got some ideas for a few that I'm hoping we can record over the next few weeks just so we have them. But yeah, if anyone has any ideas, please shoot them our way anywhere you can find us because you guys are probably more original about this content than we are. (laughs) So we're (laughs) going to let's start the show. This, the same way we start them all and just uh, go around the table, see what everyone's been up to this week so AJ, I did see that you were uh, down in our neck of the woods this week, actually in Toronto and didn't hang out with absolutely. us absolutely,
3: absolutely jerk no, I mean, I listen you went and saw your boy in blue, I went and saw our boys in blue uh, the Maple Leafs uh, play an amazingly awful, awful game You should have come Um, seen Sonic instead. (laughs) You you know, the game was still a lot of fun to watch. There were fights. A goalie got totally tackled. And then the Zamboni driver, uh, David Ayers, uh, gets his NHL debut. A lifelong dream of his, which got, uh, you know, dashed when he was younger because he needed a kidney transplant. It, it, It was... Like, yeah, it may have sucked to watch, and it really would have sucked if you had money on it. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it, it, it was so exciting to be there in the audience, and, like, everybody cheered suddenly for the other... Not for the other team, necessarily, but for David Ayers. And for the underdog to finally get a shot and, to, and to, to pull it out at the end there. It was super cool to watch.
0: Yeah, so as a lifelong Leaf fan, a lifelong hockey fan... Watching that game, I was so incredibly happy for David Ayers to get that opportunity. That being said, that was without a doubt, and I know this isn't a sports podcast, so we'll get over this quick, without a doubt, the single worst game I've ever seen the Toronto Maple Leafs play.
3: Yeah, it was very sloppy. That was That's for sure. bad.
0: Can
2: I just say, it made me extremely happy. No, you it, can't. It was like what? the shiny no. moment in my no. week. No. I've had a terrible AJ- two weeks, and it was a great week because of that. AJ, move on. What else
0: did you do this week?
3: <laughs> so after after that game, I uh, we my girlfriend and I went to a little uh, barcade near uh, the Danforth. It's somewhere around Danforth and uh, Broadview called uh, Z80. Freaking love Z80. Yeah. It, 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 it's super cool. Uh, one, one wall is lined up with uh, pinball machines. The other is classic arcade cabinets. In the middle, you got tables and booths and stuff like that to, that you can eat at. Um, bar at the back of the room. And I did. I didn't see exactly how it worked at the front, but I saw a, a good handful of people playing like Mario Golf, uh, uh, just on an N sixty four. They've got um, a few. I think
0: they're actually retro pies. They're not the systems themselves. They're emulating. Mm. I think they've got okay. an, an SNES, an NES, an N sixty four set up. Mm-hmm. Did you have any? Okay, so I, just a little inside baseball. This the company that operates Z eighty also operates another barcade in toronto called tilt
3: i've heard which is a little
0: further west a little more towards the downtown core and when i was there they had the most delicious french fries i've ever had my entire life they they fry their french fries in pickle juice and pickle oil so they are dill pickle (laughs) french fries
3: aj did
0: they have those at z80 because the last time i was there they said they were going to work on it and they didn't have Mm -hmm. them the last time i was at z80
3: I honestly didn't get anything to eat while I was God there. I had damn dr- it. Yeah, it Yeah, I mean, it was—it's a, a five-dollar cover to get in and play unlimited games and stuff, which was super cool. But um, you know, I—I—I I, I, I went to the bar, I had a drink, and then played played a whole bunch of pinball and other stuff, and then we uh, took the
1: subway home. I just want to say, I—I've really come around on pickles over the past year or so. Um, dude, me too. Back when we were at, uh, and I'm sure you, some of you remember this, but back when we were at the Canadian national exhibition, uh, this past August, uh, Greg Miller of kind of funny purchased a pickle pizza. And I think we all kind of laughed at it. We were like, oh. ah, pickle pizza. Here's like a fun novelty food. It was delicious. It was so it was really good.
3: freaking good. Yeah. Did you try the pickle lemonade when you were there? Too? No, unfortunately. So I went. I went
0: into the CNE not liking pickles. So that was the the only pickle thing I tried was that pizza, and oh my god, it changed my life. Wow. Wow. Anything else you're up to this week, AJ, or can we move on?
3: Uh, well, okay. So, at, uh, <laughs> real quick, <laughs> um, at at work, I joined kind of a a little bit of a weight loss challenge. Um, where uh, you you know you give twenty bucks, um, and you uh. You know if you lose the high, the most percentage of body fat from where you started, um, you get to win the whole pot, which is super cool. So, I'm challenging myself to, to be, be a little smarter, uh, on what I eat, and uh, gonna go to the gym and stuff like that and do some running, but um, and then. This weekend, I'm uh, my. It's my mother's birthday, and uh, we're going. We bundled our travel points together, and we're just going to go to Texas because it's near water and the price was right. So, cool, nice. Yeah, Where we'll whereabouts the, are you going? A uh, little town called Galveston. Um, oh yeah, it's just yeah, it's just south of uh, Houston, so it's right on the water. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good time, assuming the weather holds up here and we can actually take off.
0: Understandable, yeah. We've been dealing with some snow here in southern Ontario this week, and it uh, can definitely abruptly end any travel plans you may have, unfortunately. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Cozy, how's your week been going? I know you've been fighting a bit of a bug, so I'm glad you're able to join us for this, but how? other than that, how are things been?
1: I mean, it's been good. I mean, the bug itself has not been that bad. It's it, the, the entire time, the way I described it on Monday, is that it feels like I have a cold coming on, but the cold hasn't fully become a cold. Uh, So it's been all right. Um, I'd say that the two uh, big events of this past week that were most significant were I tried out Firewall Zero Hour for the first time, and I played a little bit of The Division. Yeah, you Um, did. So you got got to witness a bit of both of these. With Firewall Zero Hour, I was really looking forward to checking out Firewall Zero Hour. I had my expectations set up really high, and while I can... While I really appreciate the quality and polish that the developer of that game has put into Firewall Zero Hour, it was not quite the experience I was hoping it to be. Um, Partially because I got pretty nauseous when I was playing it, which is the first time I've really gotten nauseous playing a VR game in that capacity. Um, Way back in the day, I used to play a lot of... um, what was the game? Uh, the developer behind the Order 1886, Ready at Dawn, they made a VR game. They did. Yeah, they made a. It was called yeah. Lone Echo. Uh, was the name of like the single player campaign, and then there was a multiplayer mode for it called Echo Arena, where it's like ultimate yeah. frisbee in zero gravity. I used oh, to I've play that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I never got sick. Well, I, I only—I would say I only got very moderately sick playing that at worst. And for whatever reason, and maybe this is just because I haven't played games like that in a while, but I really got queasy playing Firewall Zero Hour. I mean,
0: part of it could have maybe been the fact that Lone Echo, like I hadn't even heard about Lone Echo to this point, but that was an Oculus game. Whereas you're playing this on PSVR, the resolution isn't quite there. The technology isn't quite up to the same level, so it could have been that. The other thing I noticed, so just to let everyone know, Cozy was streaming Firewall Zero Hour Got pretty good traction on your tweets that you sent out about it, and then oh, yeah. I was in the chat. I could tell he was struggling a bit. I'm like, "Cozy, do you want it out? Oh, come play Division Two with us. We'll have a good time." And that is what ended up right. happening. Um, but you yeah. were playing with a DualShock,
1: yeah. Which uh, I mean, as far as I can tell, you can't use like a PlayStation Move controller, but you can use the PlayStation the
0: Aim controller. Oh,
1: so that's oh. how I played it,
0: and I I was able to get through maybe three or four games before I started also feeling that way, and and VR hasn't really done that to me other than that game, so it could have something to do with the game, but it may have also had something to do with the the controller you were using.
1: Okay, well, I'll I'll definitely want to look into that, because I really do want to give this uh, game another shot at some point. I don't want it to my time with it to just end there, because there have been some VR games in the past, like, not surprisingly, Beat Saber, that I've really gotten hooked to, and you know, I I hope that I can get hooked to this one, but it might not be so easy. Um, yeah, moving over to the division, uh, that one I played with you, Mitch, and also Loki Mike as well. Yeah, shout
0: out to Mike. He's he's a pretty adamant listener of the show, and I gave him a nice shout out last week, and we lost it. So, shout out to Mike. Thanks for thanks for listening, bud.
1: Yeah, I um, I honestly, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I was pretty flabbergasted and confused a lot of the time when i was playing that game and it wasn't for because i was trying to like because you know sometimes you play games and you don't take it very seriously and you're constantly kind of chiding it and making fun of it the whole time i wasn't in that kind of mood i wanted to genuinely pay attention and enjoy what it had to say and offer but yeah i was just confused um yeah there's a lot going on in that ui when you first
0: jump into it it's a bit of like a sensory overload when you first boot up
1: the game yeah, and I, I was commenting to you like I, I think one thing that this game has both going for it and against it is it's one of the most like detailed, uh, like vi- uh, visually kind of uh, detailed, uh, I'd say looter shooters that there are out there compared to Destiny Two or Rainbow Six Siege or I, I know, I, I guess looter shooter isn't the right word. Live service game compared to all of those other examples, this game is way more graphically intense and i feel like that doesn't like that combined with the you know overdose of ui elements makes it kind of hard to kind of get your bearings when you're first dropped into that world i totally agree with
0: you but i would i would actually say that this is a bit of a looter shooter i'm always trying to get that next gold piece of gear and just finding gear that is better than the gear i already have trying out different guns in in the same vein as like a Borderlands.
1: When I said that was it wasn't a looter shooter, I was saying that in reference to Rainbow Six Siege. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Got it. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm just going to keep all the Division 2 talk here and say, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that this week, too. I think I've put, like, since the last podcast we were able to release, which is when the deal came out where it was $4 in Canada to buy the game. I've put something like 20, 25 hours into the game, which is kind of crazy for me with an online game. And to anyone out there that is in the Kinda Funny community, we actually did start a clan for Kinda Funny Toronto, so find us in game at the it's the Kinda Funny TO clan and or shoot me a message, shoot any of us a message, we get you added to the clan and it make for an easier way to to play together in that game. So Nathan, I know we've all been talking a lot and you haven't. So what have you been up to this week? <laughs> Actually, the last couple of weeks, because you weren't on last week's recording. So, how, how have things been for you?
2: Uh, things have been all right. Uh, we had a few uh, deaths in the family. So, that's why I wasn't on last week's recording. Not that anybody ended up being on last week's recording. Um, so, um, my
3: condolences. I yeah.
2: appreciate that. Um, yeah. My grandmother passed away on her 99th birthday. So, oh, wow.
0: which is, it, it was kind of spooky because I'm going to do this now. I'm going to apologize to my fiance where I rushed away from a birthday dinner. To come and record last week, and we weren't able to release that, so it was kind of a weird coincidence that there was. She has a weird thing when when it comes to like coincidences around births and deaths and anniversaries and things like that. But yeah, it was it was a weird coincidence to have all that happen on the same
3: day. I've always heard those things happen in threes. So what was the third thing to happen? The
0: podcast recording died. Was that
1: the third? Thing? That was the third well, thing. I guess from a perspective. <laughs>
0: sorry sorry to interrupt nathan please uh please continue
2: <laughs> it's all good um so i told you last time i was on my wife and i were watching the fast and furious movies for the first time um we've finished fast seven now so we've only got two left to go but i was getting a real hankering and this may be a future five by five down the line but the games that need remasters i really need a new need for speed uh underground to remaster in lieu of that because we don't have that i ended up picking up need for speed heat on sale Boo! um
0: it's actually really good oh (laughs) yeah um, i would have said go to something like burnout paradise remastered or something but so i've never played the burnout games but i was like i know
2: need for speed i know i'm getting the the heat got decent reviews they weren't like tanking like the other need for speeds and it was a step in the right direction for the franchise. So I've been playing a lot of it. Very fun game. Um, it has off-roading, drifting, regular track racing. Um, you There's night and day racing. At night, the cops come after you, and they're really aggressive. Um, so, and it's got a really good progression system in it. Um, so I've been pretty happy with it, and working on some really cool custom cars. So that's kind of the only game I've been playing. i probably put about 20, 25 hours into it. Um, I like a good arcade racer. So as we'll talk probably in the New Deals section later, (laughs) a bit of a preview. Yes. Uh, But uh, the other thing um, I over the past year, uh, probably since like I want to say the summer last year, I had to lose weight because I was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, So. I lost probably like 30 or 40 pounds wow. um, through running, uh, running and biking were my main two things as well as I uh, reduced carbs in my diet. Cause that was not completely eliminated, them, but reduced them. Um, and so I saw great progress there, but over the past month or two, I've really slipped and not been where I've been and I've been to the gym and I've, Not been running like the 5K I was doing. At one point, I was up to 10K. So I'm trying to get all rebalanced and back. Um, I started a new workout plan at the gym. Uh, I found a nice app. um, And I'm really, really sore. So I just want to let everybody know that
0: working out sucks at first.
2: And you get sore.
0: (laughs) Uh, To piggyback off that, uh, as part of my apology to my fiance, I actually attended my first Zumba class yesterday. Oh, don't do that. It was an experience for sure so my, my the condo i'm in offers it as just an amenity which is kind of crazy so oh. as a, a zoom zoom class i'm already paying for as part of my maintenance fee so i figured why not it's i'm still okay. paying for it okay but.
1: see i was gonna ask why you didn't play just zumba on the wii or whatever
0: because this this was this was actually kind of nice like my mom came over too the three of us went to this zumba class it was very sweaty <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but I I do need to try to you know treat myself a little better. I'm not I'm I'm a I'm a big boy, so between that and Ring Fit Adventure and trying to adjust my diet a bit, I'm hoping I can lose some weight before I I get married later this year. Uh, and since cool. everyone else has kind of talked about what they've done, so outside of playing the Division two, I picked up a an art book for one of my favorite video game series of all time. That's the Mega Man Battle Network series.
2: Uh, oh that's my a good god!
0: Series. The, I would kill for a remaster or re-release on anything of those games. They're stuck either on a GBA cart or on the Wii U virtual console, which nobody cares about. Which I actually didn't realize until today. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I've been flipping through that. The artwork in that game, the design, the work that went into it is just phenomenal. And highly recommend anyone who was a fan of those games to to go take a look at that. I know a couple of weeks ago when I bought it, it was on sale on Amazon. I, I doubt it still is, but... If you get a chance, definitely flip through that. It's it's very for me it's very nostalgic. And then over the weekend I got together with some friends for some IRL local multiplayer.
1: Gross. Uh, we
0: we busted out the Switch. We were we were raiding all day in the Pokémon's and it was a real good time. Uh I I I kind of lapsed a bit on doing the multiplayer aspects of Sword and Shield and, and to get back into it with some friends, it was it was a lot of fun. So I know we've been looking for a game to play together as a crew. I'd say if you guys are down, I'm down for hosting like a Pokemon raid
1: night. Yeah, <laughs> one million, trillion, billion percent. We've already yes. talked about this a little bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we need to do we've it. We've got
0: the division. We've got Pokemon. We got to play some games together,
3: guys. Let's do it. Let's smash. How about that?
0: Smash works too. Like Hell let's, yeah. Let's, let's 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 try to find a night. It'd, it'd be a good time, and we'll we'll definitely you know let the community know we're doing these things, and maybe. Who knows? Other other folks may jump in and and join us. So I think that's it for what we've been ta- what we've been uh, messing around with this past week. So let's jump right into the news. There is there is a there is a jingle. You oh. don't have to do that. I was leaving enough of a pregnant pause for Alex to find the spot and put it into the show, and he's probably going to leave all of this in, so it's fine.
3: Okay, we need to do another pregnant pause. Don't edit that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's all gonna. Uh, the news.
0: Ready, set, go.
3: News drop.
0: So, <laughs> the first, the first, pe- the first news item I've got here today is uh, courtesy of GamesIndustry.biz from Rebecca Valentine, and it's that Animal Crossing New Horizon lost save files will only be recoverable one time. Whew so as we all know nintendo is pretty vigilant about locking down cloud saves for games where they feel like that could be exploited examples of that being splatoon 2 the pokemon games and uh can you guys think of anything else those are the two main examples um, that come to mind before for me. we uh,
1: dive deeper into this what's everyone's uh, experience here with the animal crossing series because I realize we've we've already had our reckoning with regards to Pokemon. I have no clue where everybody stands with regards <laughs> to this series.
2: So this is my first Animal Crossing. That being said, I own two copies of New Leaf—one for my son and one for my wife—because they're addicted to Animal Crossing. My wife's played a ton of Pocket Camp. They're more excited about about it than I am for sure. Uh, but I'm going to give it a try and see what I see if I can give it a try. Like if I like it, it's digital, so we'll have it on both Switches in the house.
0: Yeah, I'm in a similar boat where I have not played one of these games, but my sister is an absolute addict. Like, she she bugged me for years to l- let her have my 3DS so she could just go buy a copy of Animal Crossing to play on it. And I was able to get her a Switch for Christmas through a promotion at one of the... At a, at a store here in Canada where they have a rewards program, redeem your points, buy stuff. So I got her a Switch, and she's been absolutely addicted to Stardew Valley since that point. Mm-hmm. She's put almost 200 hours into it in two months, which is kind of scary. Uh, so when Animal Crossing comes out, wow. she's going to be all in, and this is going to be the first one where I kind of jump in and, and play multiplayer alongside her and see how it goes for me.
3: Yeah, so my, my experience with Animal Crossing is, you know, I... I, I borrowed a friend's copy once on, like, I think it was the, I think it was the, the DS, was there one on DS and 3DS, or just, I think there was a DS one.
2: Yeah, there's D- DS, I, there's a GameCube. Wild World, Yeah, right? Wild World. There's yeah, a GameCube. I think it was one.
3: the DS one that I, that I borrowed, right, and, like, I didn't quite understand what I was doing, Um Looking at it uh, from the outside, like from the outside looking in, I do like understand what it's all about, and it does look somewhat appealing to me. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna get around to picking the new one up, regardless. Uh, and now, especially you, if it means <laughs> it, Nintendo just keeps screwing this up. I don't understand.
0: Let me, let me let me get into a little bit of the details.
1: So, uh, if yeah. I, I just want to say quickly with regards to my Animal Crossing experience, um. So when Animal Crossing New Leaf launched on the 3DS, that game received such critical acclaim that I decided to go out and purchase it uh, new because I'm like, uh, I've always wanted to get into this series. I've always been hesitant to try it out. It seems like this is like the best iteration of the series thus far. And I gave it the good all college try. I played it several days in a row and I just couldn't get into it. And it, it, it's not no hard feelings. No, I'm not going to go on a rant and say that Animal Crossing, you're s- stupid or dumb unless, you know, we're playing a game of five by five, five <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Tom
0: Nook is a good villain.
1: Uh, it, it's just I, you know, I personally just couldn't get into it.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a very specific type of game that really, you know, lends itself to a certain audience, but not it, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. So, so let's get a little bit into the news since it's, what, we're almost 30 minutes into the show and haven't talked about any. So uh, the, uh, the Animal crossing Focus Nintendo Direct that happened uh, late last week, so um, I think it was Thursday the 20th of February. Nintendo had an FAQ at the end of the presentation saying that cloud saves would not be available for the game at launch but would be added sometimes sometime after launch for online service members only. Additionally, these saves cannot be accessed whenever you want, they can only be accessed when a a, a system, a lost or, oh, where's the fine print here? Yeah, so the, the saves can only be accessed by Nintendo themselves and are only used in the case of a lost or damaged switch, and can only be used a single time. So if your save is migrated from one switch to another, that's, that's it. So what do we think about this, guys? We think it's bad, yeah. This bad consumer consumer consumerism at its finest. Like anyone else, yeah.
3: I I just things like this. It just I. You remember when like Nintendo was so hardcore about like YouTube monetization and everything like that? I reading yeah. even just the headline here, I am taken back to the this boneheaded anti-consumer decisions like that like the YouTube thing was free marketing um, and this is just like it just it it just boggles my mind I just don't I like I could logically understand why something like this might need to happen but I don't understand why a com- a company so rich in resources couldn't find a way around it I'd argue with you there. What is the logic behind
0: them locking this down? It's it's not like it's a competitive online game. I, I didn't say if I there's... didn't
3: say it was good logic.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair because it, it it doesn't make sense for them to need to lock this down for a game like this. I can understand, you know, for Splatoon, there's online rankings and things like that, or whatever they're trying to keep that the integrity of that, keep it from getting hacked. Pokemon has had a similar issue in the past where people find ways to hack Pokemon into the game. And I believe it's already happening. Now that they've released Pokemon Home, people are able to move things that were hacked into old games into this game. And like, you're not. People are going to find ways around these limitations. So why force these bad consumer decisions onto who? This is their most generalist game they release, right? This is like Nathan said, he has a copy for his son, and a copy for his wife. Like, these aren't games meant for the hardcore. They're games meant for a more
1: casual video game fan. So it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, is the assumption here that Nintendo is going to be kind of heavily monetizing this game in terms of, like, microtransaction or microtransaction-adjacent purchasable stuff, and they basically want to prevent people from... Manipulating and gaming those systems and obtaining more items than they would normally be able to.
2: I really hope that isn't the case. Uh, Nintendo's not really been big on microtransactions outside the mobile environment. Um, so I really hope that isn't the case and it doesn't really fit with Animal Crossing. I know there's free updates that are coming for the game. Um, I don't know. I don't get this from Nintendo. Uh, like, can we think of a game on PlayStation or Xbox that
0: would do something similar? And prevent cloud saving. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> mm. This is a Nintendo thing. No one else really does this, right? Like the the, ga- the game data just exists. Like where there's it does. nothing, right? But no- can you think of another game that's like Animal Crossing, other than something like a Stardew Valley? So uh, I just don't, I don't get it. But I guess
3: I don't know.
2: Like a Harvest Moon I mean, or something.
3: Well, then Stardew Valley is Harvest Moon, basically. It was spiritual. I don't know. Nintendo yeah. just seems overly protective of some of their first-party IPs
0: when it comes to. I, I'm even
3: reminded like, of friend codes and stuff. Like, it's just so unnecessary. Like, create a a a, a secure infrastructure, invest in that, and 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 let people be pe- be the people, not these randomly generated friend code numbers.
0: Yeah, there's got to be something in their back end that is preventing them from locking this down the way that most other platform holders can. Because this just reeks to me of, do you guys? Okay, so this is going way back. Did anyone else have the Nintendo DS Wi-Fi USB adapter? No.
1: Uh, Wait a minute. Is this the one where it only operated with Windows Vista?
0: Yes. You had to have this adapter if you wanted to connect your Nintendo DS online.
1: Okay, I have a story about this, but... You can say your piece first. I mean, my
0: piece is just that they've always kind of been five to ten steps behind the other platform holders when it comes to their online infrastructure. And this is just more evidence of that. Go ahead, Cozy.
1: Well, my story is basically that um, so way back in the day uh, when I decided to go online and purchase games on the Wii Virtual Console for the first time, uh, my household still did not have Wi-Fi. So we went to go and get this uh, little attachment thing so that we could get Wi-Fi just for my Wii. And we didn't realize, oh yeah, this only works with Windows Vista. Uh, And at the time, only my grandparents had Windows Vista. So for the first year or so of me owning this dongle, uh, whenever I wanted to download like Paper Mario or donkey kong country or what have you i had to basically lug my wii to my grandparents house and plug it into their tv and then turn on the dongle on their computer uh it was a whole big shebang
0: yeah i I basically just had it to be able to play pokemon online on the ds and it was such it was such a hassle and they've always made their online infrastructure a hassle to consumers it doesn't I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall of some of the conversations they have around this stuff and why these decisions get made. Just from a technical perspective, I'm interested, but that's not something they're ever going to make public knowledge. It doesn't make sense to them, but I don't know. It's, it's a little backwards. Uh, but what isn't backwards is that Sanzaru Games, the developer behind a number of uh, acclaimed VR titles as well as a few remasters, has been acquired. Uh, did you guys hear this news? Earlier, or late. so you might think, oh, they've worked closely with Sony in the past, but it is Facebook that has acquired Sanzaru Games. This acquisition does make sense because Facebook owns Oculus. This is not, so, so this uh, news is being pulled from, again, gamesindustry.biz with uh, being written by Rebecca Valentine. It's a gamesindustry.biz show. Um, so, Sanzara will be joining Facebook's Oculus Studios in a similar move to the company's acquisition of Beat Games last November, the developers behind Beat Saber. In a blog post, Facebook director of content Mike Verdu praised Sanzara's previous work in VR. Uh, most, most recently, the uh, they developed Asgard's Wrath. Uh, but other games that, they, that are in their catalog are things like Sly Cooper Thieves in Times and both Sonic Boom games. So, and actually there's a bit of Canadian flavor here too. They actually have a
1: subsidiary that's up here in Ottawa.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So w- w- yeah, wait, quick question. Did they work on did they work on the like console version of Sonic Boom or did they only work on the 3DS? Which versions?
0: was which? Cuz I think it was both.
1: <laughs> Cuz I, I I seem I seem to recall that they only worked on like Sonic Boom 1 for the 3DS and then Sonic Boom 2 um, for the 3DS and the console version was done by someone else. Yeah, I, I remember that because I remember S- Sonic and Bo- Sonic Boom 2: Fire and Ice for the 3DS came out, and it was like, oh, this is compared to the original Sonic Boom, not a bad game at all.
0: You're right. They worked on both of the 3DS Sonic Boom titles, so Sonic right. Boom: Shattered Got Crystal it. and Sonic Boom: Fire and Ice, um, and some other games. So they they were heavily they they developed the Sly Collection for the PS3 and Vita, which is why they went mm-hmm. on to make Sly Cooper: Thieves in Time. They worked on the God of War collection for the Vita, the Sonic Boom games, a couple of a few Oculus games, so Rip Coil, VR Sports Challenge, Marvel Powers United VR, uh, as well as they had a hand in the Spyro remasters that came out a couple of years ago. So what do we think of this move, guys? Did you? I, I was honestly hoping that it was gonna be Sony so they could go on to make another Sly Cooper game, but I'm really happy for these guys to have found a, a, a landing place. Uh,
1: I mean, so to be honest, I wanted to love Sly 4 Thieves in Time more than I ended up loving it. I thought that that game was a little bit too set in its ways for a platformer uh, released in 2013, I believe the year was. Um, so w- when they when, when this announcement went out, I was not as heartbroken as some other Sly Cooper fans, but obviously I know that like you know that wasn't the only game that they worked on. That they've worked on a lot of other things, and it seems like Sanzaru is a pretty talented uh, you know group of developers. Um, I, I yeah I, I still feel bad that um, I, I they're probably not going to be working on all that many PlayStation games anymore. Um, but I'm not as I'd say distraught as some people
2: yeah uh, with Sanzaru specifically the only thing I really know from them is a Sly Cooper 4 and it was something that I didn't really gravitate towards doesn't mean I've seen a lot of people saying we'll never see another Sly Cooper again they weren't the original studio doing Sly Cooper anyway so if Sony does want to bring them back they can always hand it off to a Pixel Opus or somebody else to, to try and resurrect the franchise
0: yeah that makes sense so, I mean, knowing now that Sanzaru Games is no longer going to be, is is only going to be publishing games through Facebook, we've got another studio that's kind of branching out and going to publish their own stuff. So Platinum Games has finally announced that they're going to publish their own original IP. This news coming to us from Kotaku and Brian Ashcraft. Did you guys get a chance to watch
1: this trailer? Uh, I believe. How, was this trailer only like thirty seconds, or was it like several minutes long? Because I watched a thirty-second clip of it uh, on Twitter, but I don't know if that's the full trailer.
0: So it was about a minute and a half. Okay, so and I highly recommend anyone go and watch this thing because, like, it, it is a game from the uh, Resound director. So it's come, it's a Kamiya game, and it essentially just it looks like Ultraman. Like it is. It is a kaiju game in some way. We don't know what,
3: but it looks dope. I, I see a picture of a cat I, and it looks really cool on this
1: article.
0: Keep scrolling.
1: Yeah, I'm uh I, I'm looking forward to this. I think that there's kind of a dearth of like kaiju, like ultraman uh, video games on the market and i trust in platinum games to kind of pull it off
0: yeah i i've really enjoyed some of the other sort of actiony games they released i really like people like to crap on transformers devastation really that was a really that was a really good well people don't really talk about it the way they talk about other platinum games but that was the one that really resonated with me over the last few years like i really like that game but i really like the transformers ip
2: so hmm. I always thought Transformers Devastation was thought pretty well
0: compared to some of the really terrible ones they made, like the Ninja Turtles game and the uh, Last Airbender one. Was that the one that was notorious for being like a 25 minute platinum or hundred or thousand achievement score or whatever? Yeah, they did two for Activision.
2: <laughs> one was a Ninja Turtle game and it got delisted like very quickly and everybody was excited about it because it was Ninja Turtles and Platinum and they thought they'd figure it out and it yeah. was just terrible. Um, but the Transformers one is like, they're not saying it's the best game ever, but it was always like a seven. It
0: was good. That's always the feedback I remember. On it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one that I always really enjoyed, but I've like with the recent release of the Bayonetta Vanquish collection with seeing what they're doing or like, hopefully they're going to release Bayonetta 3 at some point. Like, I, I really like the direction that the studio is going in. Like, they're making some really cool decisions. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, something else that we can all look forward to is the next game from Harmonix. You're just really so, nailing
3: these segues, by the way.
0: You guys are giving me enough time to think about it, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. So oh, you're welcome. We we've gotten more details around Harmonix's next project, uh, which is Fuser, which seems like a mix between Rock Band and DJ Hero, and the, uh, it like I would highly recommend anyone who at all enjoyed either of those games go check out. Uh, there's a short preview up on IGN from Jonathan Dornbush and like it basically looks like you've got a four track like DJ set and you're just mixing up you're mixing from different major songs and it it I don't know. It looks really cool. And it it's it's coming out this year. It's coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC and Switch. So if I can have an experience like this on the go, I'm I'm totally down for something like this. Did you guys get a chance to to check this out before the show or?
3: Yeah. I, uh, I took a look at the, uh, the trailer and then I took the trailer seemed pretty cool. Um, and then I watched the, uh, I think it's, they, they played like one set song, one, one, three minutes, three minute, uh, gameplay video. And, uh, I mean, so okay, so when it comes to like rock band and Guitar Hero or something like that, that came out at a very, very formative time in my life. Uh, I was in the middle of high school and everything. You and, and it was me like, both. It was the biggest thing, and that sort of cemented my uh, musical sensibilities, my musical tastes. Um, so, so right off the bat, I, I just didn't necessarily seem too uh, interested in it. I am I remained curious, but. I watching the gameplay video, I didn't exactly know what what you were doing to So
0: so if if you, if you read through the article, they do a pretty good job of, of sort of describing the gameplay where it is you're you're getting feedback from the audience like the audience wants you to play something that's got more bass or higher tempo or or something like that and will they'll react to the way that you're performing your set. So if you're not doing the things they want, the crowd's going to kind of mellow out. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it, they're going to get super hype and get really into it. And- that,
3: that didn't. That definitely didn't come through. They, they probably picked like a really good uh, a gameplay segment, uh, one song or set or whatever, where they, they mix these four songs together really well. Because it, it sounded it sounded good. Like everything was flowing for really sure, well for sure. and super cool. I just... Uh, yeah, I just not entirely sure what the the gameplay was at that point.
0: I mean, for me personally, I'm a sucker for almost everything they do. Like I kick started Audacity when that came back on the PS4 and the Vita, and I'm I, like I'm I'm with you. The Rock Band Guitar Hero experience was some of the best gaming I did in my youth.
3: Did did you say audacity or did you mean amplitude?
0: amplitude? Why did I say oh because we're using audacity. <laughs> yes, amplitude. Thank you for correcting me. That would have made me You're feel welcome. real stupid. Um, but i'm I'm very like if if this performs the way it does they're they're promising over a hundred tracks, not really talking about DLC plans just yet. Um, if I can have an experience like this on the go on the switch, mm-hmm. if it works i'm I'm down for for trying out something new, something different.
1: Cool. I, I, I need to. Get, I, I was trying to give you time to come up with your segue.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for saying I had time to come up with a segue, and that segue will be to the Yacht Club Games presentation that happened uh, this week. Ah, yes. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch this, but there were a few different announcements in there. Uh, Yacht yeah, Club I got some of them. Yacht Club provided a few, a few more details for their next project, which is. Cyber Shadow, a 2D ninja action game, which looks like it has some of those same elements crossed with some, uh, like, the same elements as Shovel Knight, crossed with what we've seen from some other really good uh, retro platformers over the last couple years. Things like The Messenger really, really jumped out at me from this Katana Zero. Uh, So, that was totally off my radar. I must have missed the announcement, and seeing that, that game looks really, really dope, and it's going to come out sometime later this
1: year. Cool. I um, So I am going to say something that might be considered controversial.
0: Hell so. yeah. Let's do it. This isn't a hot uh, okay. takes episode, guys. God. Woo.
1: Oh, no. I, I think that the... Don't do it. Hold on. Just let me say my piece. I think that the word um, overrated is overrated. I think that people use it way too much. And so I'm not going to use it here. But I do think that Shovel Knight is a little bit overexposed. I think that it's a really well made platformer, and I went back and played it not too long ago, and I really appreciated what Yacht Club accomplished uh, with those games. I think that they're consistently well designed, and all of the kind of polish and effort that they put into all of its expansions over the years has been, you know, r- really impressive. And just in general, like, it's hard to create a mascot. Uh, nowadays that, you know, becomes goes on to become as popular as Shovel Knight. Nevertheless, I can't help that, but feel that for the quality of what those games are, Shovel Knight gets exposed a little bit too much in the media, question mark? I...
3: I do agree you with you. You can direct your hate mail to Cozy Bear.
1: I do agree with
4: yeah.
0: you to an extent, but I, I would, I would go back to the the point you made about it's really hard to come up with a mascot in today's day and age, and Shovel Knight has sort of become that icon for a modern in as a modern indie character, where we don't get these mm-hmm. characters that come about and permeate pop culture the way this has. So I'm very happy that, like, I would highly recommend go back watch this video they put out. It's very tongue in cheek playing off the Nintendo Direct-style presentation. Not nearly as well done as the one that you put out a couple weeks ago, Cozy. Of course, <laughs> of course. But definitely worth checking out, because they actually announced more than just new details on that game. They also announced they've got two brand new games in development, one of which is a new IP, which they weren't hmm. super clear about. They said at least one was a new IP, so we'll have to wait and see, but we know they're still working ahead on on like we've got Cyber Shadow coming we've got sh- um, Shovel Knight Dig which I don't think they're developing but they're no they're not assisting with right and then the big announcement that came out of this is Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon
3: which is a dungeon crawling roguelite puzzle game that that title alone <laughs> sounds like it should be a mobile game is it they didn't
1: they didn't talk about platform but I think it's coming to the Switch I just want to say, I feel like Pocket was a name that you used to see all the time back in the, like, late 90s and early 2000s. And now I feel like it's all but extinct from video game games. Well, because
2: there was a Game Boy Pocket for a long time, and that doesn't exist anymore. And I think just, like, every Super Nintendo game had the word Super in front of it for a while. When games were being developed for the Game Boy Pocket, they were putting Pocket on it.
1: (sighs) Well, I'm... I'm you know, I'm happy that uh, this developer Yacht Club Games is finally getting to kind of branch out. It, it seemed for a while that they were kind of trapped by the own success of Shovel Knight and also trapped by, you know, their obligation in a good way to stick true to their uh, what is it the Kickstarter reward tier promises. And you know, here's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to dip back into Shovel Knight is overrated any of that stuff again but like it is a thing where like I think that they have incredible potential and I think that an even better game dare I say than Shovel Knight uh, has yet to be made by them and I'm looking forward to them doing that
0: yeah I, I think because we talked about this in an earlier show that they were fulfilling Kickstarter obligations all the way up until December of 2019 like that last yeah. DLC they released was the the culmination yeah. of what they promised from their Kickstarter And we've seen with um, uh, Shovel Knight Dig and now with Pocket Dungeon, they're actually partnering with other studios. It escapes me who they're working with for Dig, but they're working with a developer called Vine on Pocket Dungeon, who has released a game that was similar to what is being promised out of Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. So it seems sort of almost like a rescan or a reimagining of the game they've already done. But they're finding really interesting ways to use the character, to use the Amiibos that they worked with Nintendo to create to get Shovel Knight in Smash, albeit as an assist trophy, which is wrong. He should be playable. It, I don't know. They're, they're doing some really cool stuff that other developers just don't seem to be doing. And I'm all for seeing what the future holds for this studio. I'm a big fan of Shovel Knight. Um, I actually had the Shovel Knight
2: Amiibo at home, which was the first third-party Amiibo that was released ever that was non-Smash.
0: Um, as far as I know, it's the only licensed Amiibo at this point. Yeah, I guess that's probably fair. Oh, no. No, no. Capcom has uh, Monster Hunter Amiibos. And there's the Mega Man one, yeah.
1: There's a Dark Souls? I think they were the Does first They
0: were the first indie
1: Amiibo. Right. Yeah. Okay. I see. By that... Yeah, I
0: still think I they see. were before
2: the Dark Souls ones. They came out really... They were definitely before yeah, Dark they, Souls. Yeah, it was the first one after Smash. And everyone was like, oh, they're getting ami- like an Amiibo. Yeah. Um, and I'm really a fan of what they've done, and maybe it's my age showing because I played Ducktales and I played Super Mario Brothers three, and I played <laughs> all those games when they were when I was younger. And I'm like, this is a great update on those games with the like the art style, but like modern improve modern improvements that made it work. But then I didn't love the first expansion, which was um, Alchemy Night, I believe. Um,
0: uh, uh it wasn't plague no. night it was no it was plague, plague night it was plague night specter night yes. Night were the three expansions so, but the specter
2: night campaign i loved when i played through it i'm actually looking forward i haven't jumped into the king of cards campaign
0: yet but i'm looking forward to jumping in and uh finishing that off it's real good i gotta get back and finish it too but from what i've played it's it's really really well done yeah. and I know we've been talking a bit about what the future of Yacht Club games will hold, but what's even bigger than that is what we could see from the next generation of gaming. So this week we got news directly from the Xbox Wire, courtesy of Phil Spencer, about what Microsoft is going to roll out later this year with the Xbox Series X. So they shared a lot of really, really cool, interesting, innovative features. The specs are kind of what you expected. It's, It's a beefy boy getting all those teraflops, uh, quick resume for multiple games, hardware-accelerated direct X ray tracing, which is cool for PC dorks, hell variable yeah. rate shading, and the big one, the standout to me, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this or not, but we'll have a nice discussion, is smart delivery. Like, holy... Like, I saw that news, and I literally audibly, at the office, said, holy crap. People were oh, confused, hell yeah. but I said it anyway. Because what Xbox is promising to deliver there is that the system will know what the best version of the game to deliver to you
1: is, and will deliver you that game. I, um, I'm sure that I'll love all these things when they're actually in my hands, physical or digital, but I will say, just to give a quick tease of what's to come ahead in the podcast, that none of these things are actually on my <laughs> list of things that I want out of Next Gen. Me, me neither, because we already knew about yeah. them, so that would have been cheating. And it's again, not not that I'm not excited about these things, not that I don't recognize how cool these things are, but uh, they're not really what I'm looking for.
0: So just to elaborate a little bit more on smart delivery before we get into it,
1: is that
0: Xbox is committed to using smart delivery to deliver you the best Xbox Game Studios titles. So for something like Halo Infinite, it will serve you the Xbox Series X version, not the Xbox One version. And they're opening that technology for all developers and publishers to choose to use if they so wish. And we've already gotten at least one huge announcement related to that in that CD Projekt Red will be enabling smart delivery for Cyberpunk 2077. So if you were to buy it on the Xbox One and get an Xbox Series X, some weird Microsoft magical voodoo is going to happen in the background. And you're going to get the Xbox Series X version for free without having to pay for an upgrade or a patch or anything like that, which is just, wow. Okay.
2: So can we agree that smart delivery is a bad name? A hundred percent. I think I'm getting pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't think the smart delivery, if you were going to tell somebody a console has smart delivery, that's not what you're going to think of. And I don't know what the better word to describe it is, but I don't think it's
0: um, bought
3: buy once <laughs>
2: play anywhere.
0: Yeah. I, Something along those lines. Which they've already been using similar branding, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, Xbox already has the Play play Anywhere, right? Yeah. So. Version
0: Correct. Version Correct
2: or something like that. Yeah, that,
3: that almost seems too technical. But so does, I guess, Smart Delivery. It, but that's too vague, so... Well, Smart Delivery sort of plays off... Like, it's a
0: buzzword, right? Yeah. Smart in front of anything. Like, I, you could buy a Smart Fridge or a Smart Toaster or a Smart Coffee Maker. Like, it's just... it In, in the public perspective of that term is that in terms of the game that is being delivered to you i don't think delivery is the right word but smart version smart versioning would have been interesting yeah something along those lines but it's just like the in the back in the back end it will know what the best version for you is and you will get it Mm -hmm. okay so like let's
2: play devil's advocate right now because i have a ps4 pro and I have a PS4 upstairs um, that may come up later when we talk. Um, <laughs> my kids use the regular PS4. Um, so when I'm buying games on my PS4 Pro, it knows what I need to play on the PS4 Pro. Because it's going to download the run with the right...
0: The 4K like texture packs and, the 4K, and all that stuff, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's getting the right... so. PlayStation's already doing something similar to this they just don't have it branded
3: I, th- I think that I think that. what this this more or less erases is the, the the period of time where we went through definitive edition games when we split console generations. Yeah. no more whatnot.
0: no more no more remasters at the beginning of the console life cycle yeah it's sort of what we're seeing here in that you don't have like if you're a developer releasing a game this August or September, you don't have to worry that your game is not going to be compatible with the next series of consoles and if you want to add additional development effort to make it a cross-platform sale you can xbox is giving you a way to say sell it to them whenever you release it and then whenever you release that version on our next console there must be some business dealings in the back end there like i'm not going to put my game on like you you want to get you want to maximize profits, but if Microsoft is making it so developers can just flip a switch and it's available everywhere for a single SKU, yeah, that's amazing for the consumer. But I don't know how behind the scenes the <clears throat> business dealings of that really yeah levels out.
3: All, all in all, this is just a, a, a Microsoft has been kind of knocking it out of the park with consumer friendly uh decision making lately um Mm -hmm. phil spencer has been absolutely fantastic in that regard and like the you know if i can't afford to buy the series x day one you know i you know i still would be able to buy the game and play the game on my uh xbox one and then one day when i can eventually upgrade uh to the to the new console My game just carries over, but it's also enhanced to the superior version rather than just me playing the old one. Or
0: even if it isn't enhanced, you can still take that experience from your current console to your new console seamlessly. Absolutely. Which, for for me, as someone who's thinking about getting into the Microsoft ecosystem, having that reassurance that, hey, I might be buying something late in the console lifecycle, but it's going to be supported on your next system is very consumer friendly and it keeps people in the ecosystem now as opposed to waiting for November presumably
2: yeah and I want to clear up I'm not an Xbox user so I don't have the best like I understand the system uh, the ecosystem at the moment and the what Phil's done to actually make the brand more consumer friendly so and I'm really cool that that's what's going on um, I just think at this point I, I need to see more from PlayStation and see because this is stuff that i already assumed was going to be happening with playstation when playstation comes out based on like the backwards compatibility talk and that sort of thing that we were talking about not spelled out so clearly obviously but that that was my understanding
0: i mean i've i found a really interesting tweet and i'm gonna i'm gonna give a shout out to at next gen player on twitter that nailed exactly what you're saying the reason sony hasn't revealed the ps5 or nintendo hasn't provided us with a traditional direct for the first bit of 2020 is because they don't need to based on market position. Sony has 50% plus market share of current gen consoles and the Switch is the current number one fastest selling console. Xbox is revealing all these things early because they need people to think Xbox when they think next gen because they're losing, right? They're they're mm-hmm. they're they're playing from a disadvantage when it comes to getting into next gen. So the sooner you can have people raw rawing after your technology, your games, your your whatever you want to call it, it 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 only benefits you if you're you know coming from a position of disadvantage. Okay. No, and that makes sense. It, it I think the next
2: 6 months are going to be really interesting. I'm, that's why I'm glad we have a podcast. Oh yeah. I think we're going to have some of the most interesting gaming news we'll probably see over the next little while.
0: Yeah, this this console generation is very very interesting to see how things are going to play out from a features perspective, from a services perspective. And our topic of the show today is evidence of that where we're going to come up with the definitive list of the best or must have video game or next gen features for consoles. But before we get to that, we do need to get through the rest of our segments and the next one being read all the things. Ooh-hoo. So we pulled together a few are. Yeah, there's some craziness going on in our Run of show doc right now, and I don't like it, and I'm gonna move on.
1: When we uh, launch a big and successful Patreon, we'll be sure to make some of these documents available for you to view.
0: <laughs> God no, Hell Why not? yeah,
1: yeah. If you, suggest- well,
0: you and I still have to have a discussion offline. There's some weird legalities with my work if it comes to us monetizing any of this. Okay,
1: I, I didn't mean that in seriousness though. For the record, no, I know, I know. yeah. <laughs> The first
0: story that I pulled that I think everyone should go and check out is, again, we're going back to gamesindustry.biz. Rebecca Valentine has a very interesting piece on the GameStop concept stores that are coming to the U.S. It, It really sheds a light on what GameStop is trying to do for their stores moving forward as more of a hobbyist location as opposed to being a retail store. And it was... I would honestly like to have something like this. And I know in Canada, GameStop operates as EB Games or EBX. And to see their locations over the last few years, they've gone from selling video games to selling 90% Funko Pops and novelty items to more of a hobbyist. If they went to this hobbyist, Model. I would honestly probably go to EB Games more than I have in the last five years combined.
3: So not not to like uh, overtalk the the whole article here or anything like that, but cl- just clicking on the link and looking at the first picture in it, um, it's like a, it, it's almost like a internet cafe with like super cool PCs hooked up and or consoles or whatever you got, and it, it's it, I'm I'm super super into that actually.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like they're going to let you, you know, rent time on these machines. Where, if, let's say, if the move is to go to cloud streaming, if I have, let's say, whatever on Stadia and I want to run it on higher end hardware than I can at home, or I want to, you know, do some IRL Destiny raids with some friends, we could just rent some time on these machines and game together as opposed to having to do it at home. Uh, it looks like they'll have you know, areas for tabletop gaming. So if you wanted to host D&D or Warhammer or whatever it is the kids are playing these days, you could do things like that. It, it just seems like it's more of a social space than it is a a game store. And that's, that's it would be really cool to see something like that. Because I know we've seen things like comic book stores go to the wayside and that's a bit of a, a letdown. But it would be, I, I don't want to see the same thing happen to video game retail locations. So I think this is a positive step forward for GameStop. And by extension, EB Games up here in Canada.
1: I, uh, I'm looking forward to wandering into one of these new laboratory game GameStops in the future and seeing just how clean or how ratty the couches are going to be in these locations. Because <laughs> you know that they're either going to be super uptight and make sure that those couches always look pristine or they're just going to be terrible within a matter of days.
0: Yeah, my my local comic book shop that hosts, you know, card game tournaments and stuff like that. The first time I went in there, it definitely has an odor to it. Not gonna lie.
1: I will say uh, GameStops are, or rather EB Games here up in Canada, are one of the few stores that I tend to go into, even if I have nothing really that I want to buy. I always find them very, you know, visually appealing. And certainly this won't uh, hurt uh, that
3: tendency of mine. I too love Funko Pops. Uh, I don't, but <laughs> oh, I, I still—I mean, I still like to look at them. Okay. Well, well, I have zero Funko Pops, by the way.
2: I was at EB Games the other day, and they had a bunch of Funko Pops for a dollar, and I almost bought a Joey Fatone and a Lance Bass one. Why just didn't because you? It because it
0: was a dollar. Because I couldn't get the whole NSYNC set. That's oh. uh, you can get the rest online. Come on. I mean. You may like Funko Pops, but you know who doesn't? Video game companies when they have to deal with game leaks. Okay, I had a way better transition if we were talking about the stinky stuff, but you, you forced my hand on this one. So the next article I pulled is an opinion piece from GamesIndustry.biz written by George Yang about what companies can do when your video game leaks. I thought this was pretty pertinent because we saw at the end of 2019 with the leaks of Pokemon Sword and Shield, Nintendo's brought down some pretty Hefty legal action in those situations. We've seen things in the past from the Borderlands franchise, from Blizzard, from Valve, where things have leaked and they've had to make some course corrections. And it, it, it goes into detail and interviews a bunch of legal experts on what these companies what, what routes these companies can and should take. And I just thought it was really, really interesting to, to get a, a, a bit more insight into that side of the industry. And the third story I pulled, which is a bit of a somber note, is that the creator of the konami code i'm gonna butcher this Kazu someone's cursors in the way god damn it uh kazuhisa that's, hashimoto that says it's yours it was in fact mine i'm an idiot has passed away at the age of 61.
1: based on my casual studying of japanese over a year and a couple of months that is kazuhisha hashimoto that's about what i, I, I said it- well, mine had more <laughs> emphasis on the second O in Moto.
0: Understandable, yeah. That's what that's what a year and a half in Japan Nailed did for it.
1: you. I mean it was only six months. Come that's on, what now. six months in Japan. I
0: don't know I don't know your life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's unfortunate, but that's something that has permeated into pop culture and, and is an everyday occurrence now. Google Chrome has a Konami code. Easter egg, it's 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 bigger than one individual person but it's it's sad to see any anyone who's had that much of a lasting impact on the industry pass away as somebody who
2: was on the playground when that code was first shared with them before the internet was a thing and i got told by one of my friends to put this into contra um it was a wow. game changer. you're an old guy uh
1: i yeah I think it speaks to this uh, codes proliferation that I only really got into gaming with the super uh, during the Super Nintendo era, and even that was like kind of after the fact. Like it was a lot of I, I mm-hmm. basically got a hand me down Super Nintendo and hand me down games, and e- even during that ter- period of time, I still managed to. Get caught, caught, catch wind of the Konami Code, and was aware of what that was. And you know, you you go and you watch a movie like Wreck-It Ralph, which features a cameo of the Konami Code, and you're like, oh yeah, there it is.
0: Yeah, it's it 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 it's larger culturally than just video games, and it's definitely something we should, you know, take a moment to to thank the man for. So thank you very much, Mister Hashimoto. R.I.P. Next segment we're gonna get into is it's raining deals. since we're at the end of the month, you know that all we're going to be talking about is what free games you're getting next month. So on PlayStation, Mm -hmm. your PS Plus games for the month are Shadow of the Colossus uh, Remake and Sonic Forces. Xbox Games with Gold. On the first of the month, you're getting Telltale's Batman, The Enemy Within, and Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. And on the 16th of March, you'll get Shantae, Half-Genie, Hero, and Sonic Generations. On Stadium Pro, you'll be getting Grid, steamworld quest and steamworld
3: dig 2 gentlemen thoughts so fun thing about uh, grid on stadia um uh, i i linked you guys yep. an article here um there's going to be an exclusive 40 car multiplayer race on the stadia version of now grid. just
0: a quick question will there be 40 players how <laughs> many of those are google bots asking me to locate motorcycles in photos <laughs>
3: Uh, well, one thing I can tell you is uh, I'm going to check it out. The game will be free. I have Stadia Pro still. I was playing Stadia uh, just last night, just playing the uh, 2013 Tomb Raider reboot, just because I needed something to do with my hands. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, I, 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 I definitely had a hankering for for kind of a racing game, so I'm definitely going to check that out. It's free. Why not free, free-ish? You know what I mean? So-
2: I had the opportunity to review grid for ps4blog.net. Uh, we got sent a code from Codemasters to review it uh, for the PS4, and it's a gorgeous-looking racer. Uh, very, Codemasters does a lot of different type of racing games. Uh, they do simulation. They do arcade. They do uh, the dirt series, so more off-roading. They've got a plethora of um, the combat racing one that was more like Overwatch racing um, that I really liked. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of it i'll look it up for you You keep it was talking. yeah um so i've had a chance to play a lot of them grids my favorite of theirs because the arcade racing style resonates with me and you can do tweaking and tuning but it just feels like a good a great arcade racer um in the game so i'm really i'm excited that it's free for pro user stadia pro users because it's a really Are good game onrush Yes, Onrush. I loved Onrush. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that was... Um, ba- basically, it's not a race, and you're trying to take out the other team, and you've got six cars versus six cars. Huh.
0: I think I got that free at and some point and never
1: played it.
2: It was free on yeah. PS Plus. It was super enjoyable uh, when it came out. I really, really enjoyed that. So, they're just the masters of the racers, and Grid is a fantastic game. I popped it in recently. They've done two season updates with new cars, new races recently, so... I don't know if those are all going to be on on Stadia Pro because, you know, Stadia Pro. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll see if uh, Stadia Pro continues to get games. And what's interesting is that SteamWorld Quest and SteamWorld Dig 2 are actually new to the service and being added as Stadia Pro games. So I know we've talked in the past about the fact that they're giving away these games, but other people may have already bought them. I think it was February. Correct me if I'm wrong, AJ where they gave mm-hmm. away the first original Google or Stadia Pro game,
3: right? Um,
0: I don't remember the name of the game. When, the only one that was uh, new when the service launched. Oh, guilt. Gu- uh, oh, uh, guilt. Gris. Gilt. Yeah.
3: No, Gilt. Yeah, guilt.
0: Yeah. So this yeah. is kind of nice That's in that awesome. it is a new game to the service, so people won't have had a chance to purchase it yet if they invested in Stadia right off the bat. So it's kind of nice to see those consumer-friendly decisions being made on Google's part. But the bigger, the bigger uh, issue I have with these games is why can't the PS4 be backwards compatible? Because Xbox gets a good game in Sonic Generations, and PlayStation gets Sonic Goddamn Forces.
1: Why? I mean, so you can customize your own Sonic the Hedgehog in Sonic Forces. No, you can make a I hedgehog will... that that looks exactly like you. No, don't you want that? No. The Sonic movie was my, good. That does not
2: look good. So my son's really excited about Sonic Forces because he doesn't know what good games are yet. <laughs> um, and in all fairness, I don't think so. This may fall under hot Just, take territory. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there. Oh boy, I don't another one today. I don't think there's a good Sonic game unless it has racing in the title. Have you uh, played
0: Sonic Mania?
2: Yes. I despise it. I despise everything about Sonic the Hedgehog hmm. and the control
0: scheme. I was a. Have you played Sonic Unleashed? I, I was a Mario World kid. I mean, I and... was too, but I could still. Like, I had friends with the Genesis, and I could appreciate that Sonic was still a fun game
2: it just it goes fast but it's hard to control you're bounced all over the place there's no precision to it uh you're often drowning because you can't get through water sequences it just it left a lot of ho- like i've never felt that the sonic gameplay is good the one that i liked the most was sonic adventure hmm. when i bought my huh. dreamcast and i'm i think that's probably the best sonic game uh, uh uh,
1: anyways my Sonic experience is a little bit more hodgepodged. I played a bit of the classics uh, a couple of years ago I didn't really get into them um, more recently I played Sonic Unleashed and Sonic Colors and Sonic Unleashed of course you know is infamous for its Werehog sections but I think the Daylight sections are really really solid and Sonic Sonic Absolutely. Colors is like I think a very very underrated Sonic game so- I think that it takes a lot of what uh, sonic unleashed did well and takes out most of the bad stuff so as
2: a quick preview uh, i have a code for sega ages sonic 2 uh for Ooh. the switch that i'm playing for a review right now uh so i'm trying to separate my feelings of, of the game
0: and how well it's ported yeah and, maybe you should give that to uh, one of us who are actually you know fans of video games and don't just shit on sonic all night uh, we can have a whole podcast. With him, so I mean, okay we could maybe that. do something next week because Alex will be back and he and I went and saw the Sonic movie last weekend. So we'd have some words to say on that. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Um, my my two, Sorry, go ahead. Two past two podcasters. One head. No. Uh, so I actually really enjoyed the Sonic Rush game on the DS. That was like the first Sonic game I owned legitimately. That and Sonic Rush Adventure, it's, it's eventual sequel. And I really enjoyed them. Like, I, I, I don't know. And Sonic Mania was great. I'm not looking forward to playing Sonic Forces. That being said, I've never played Shadow of the Colossus. I'm going to give this a shot. Oh. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to it.
2: I'm so excited to replay Shadow of the Colossus. I played it on PS2. Based on the IGN review, I went to the store and bought it immediately back when it first came out on PS2. And it was something that I just wandered around, and I just took in the world. And there was no enemies, and you just fight these giant bosses. And each boss acts like a puzzle.
0: Yeah, I think once I'm done, that I think once I'm through. done with the Division Two, like that is the kind of experience that I'm looking for. And I'm really, really gonna dig diving into that game.
1: I personally, I, I, I'm not. I'm gonna keep this pretty short, but. I've always had. I've not been as jazzed about Shadow of the Colossus as everyone else. I actually purchased a shrink wrapped copy of it for the PlayStation 2 back when you could still get that. And I just. I, I could appreciate what it was doing. I thought its world was beautiful and incredible in terms of how expansive it was. But I felt that the kind of realistic uh, style controls and framiness of the original PlayStation 2 version kind of got in the way of my enjoyment. I will also say, however, that certain things, like realizing that you could use the light reflected from your sword to realize where the next Titan was, um, were uh, stuff like that did not come to me when I played the game for the first time. So it'd be interested to you play. I'd, it'd be interesting to play it again with that knowledge uh, this time around and see if I can get much further or and or fall in love with it.
0: Shadow of Colossus book club. It's not a bad idea. Honestly, we're going to need to come up with some new different topic of the show ideas. So we're not always repeating uh, rehab and five by five. So yeah, I think Shadow of the Colossus book club would be a great idea. Near the end of the month. Yeah. So yeah, you know what else would be a great idea is if we get into a brand new topic of the show today. Woohoo! So, we're bringing something new to you guys today, and that is player's choice. So, I've gotten a lot of feedback that we, when we're building our lists, it's a lot of fun because we, you know, really bug each other and get on each other's nerves and rile each other up. And today, we're going to do the exact opposite. (laughs) We're going to collaboratively build a top five list of something. And this is going to be something we're going to repeat ongoing and see if the collaborative format works and is as entertaining as the competitive one. So today, what we it's it going to be different, be different and it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how you guys receive it. So please, any feedback you have is greatly appreciated. So what we're going to be doing today is building the player's choice list of must-have next-gen features. The way we're going to go about this we'll each go around we'll we'll talk about uh, maybe one or two we'll have a conversation about the features we want i'll keep note of all of them and then at the end we'll we'll try to narrow it down to five and we'll rank them just based on our votes we'll we'll vote hands up whoever agrees it goes in one spot or another and then we'll go from there so kick us off cozy what you got
1: okay uh so i'm going to start this off by saying I'm gonna. I don't think that this is gonna make the top echelon of uh, things that we want out of next gen. Doesn't matter. Bring it. Segment. Let's go. But this is. It's something that's you know near and dear to my heart. Um, I want the next generation of video game consoles to feature a r- more robust uh, trophy slash achievement system. I want them to incentivize people to collect trophies slash achievements more. Uh, either by making it easier for them to track uh, their progress within uh, kind of like the ecosystem uh, itself and or by just handing out more re- rewards on a more frequent basis and or um, just having <laughs> rewards, period, because at the moment there aren't really any <laughs>
0: So you're thinking back to, like, the Club Nintendo kind of rewards? Like, you want physical stuff, or do you want just, like, Mm. in-game kind of digital rewards? What are we thinking?
1: I mean, I'd be, obviously, if they could be like, hey, you get a a PlayStation baseball cap, like, that would be great. I'm perfectly Mm -hmm. fine having it just be digital rewards. I'm not, I'm going into this with no expectations. Um... Yeah, so let, let, let's just say for the time being it's just kind of digital rewards.
2: Now PlayStation with some of the first party games when you do get a platinum they are sending you themes depending upon the games. Yeah. But I yeah, I get what you're saying, more of that and from more like making it a mandatory thing that you have to do something.
0: So, like. rat, rat, so for for the choices, I'm going to I'm going to kind of, you know, edit as we go along. So, I'm going to say like the things I'm going to throw in there easier to track trophy achievement progress. As well as more rewards around those achievements.
1: So I'll throw both those in the list for now. I realize that the easier to track trophy achievement progress, I realize that's more of a PlayStation uh, issue that I have than a uh, Xbox system. Because I know on Xbox, they're better at that. Um, But,
0: I mean, this isn't just about Xbox, right? Like, we're looking at something like the Epic Game Store... just starting to introduce achievements. Nintendo doesn't have point. anything. They're going to need... Like, they right. need to do achievements look, on whatever their next-gen system needs to be.
3: Look at how Stadia completely bungled their uh, their their achievement launch and everything. And they... All the features that they screwed up. And yeah, achievements absolutely. were one of them. Yep. So, so, like, this
0: isn't specific to, you know, Sony and Microsoft with their next-gen boxes they're coming out with next year. It's from a next-gen perspective so next gen systems what system like what features do we need out of our gaming systems moving forward and that those two easier to track trophies or achievements and more physical more rewards whether they be physical or digital are definitely deserving of places on this list so they're in there for now we'll we'll narrow things down as we go
1: I also just uh, want to mention something Uh, you know obviously I'd love it if Sony were in some way able to reward me for the current trophy level and the amount of trophies that I currently have I'd be perfectly fine if they were like hey in our new reward system you can only get trophies from uh, you can only earn rewards from playing and getting trophies from PlayStation 5 games it would be unfortunate but I would take that if it meant that we would actually get that kind of a reward system
0: yeah your, your trophy list
1: scares me cozy
0: you you it's, you need uh, some other hobbies.
1: <laughs> I to be honest, I haven't even gotten that played that many, gotten that many trophies as of late. How many platinum trophies can, do you have, Cozy? Like 147. Yeah, that's too many. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, but I like inside baseball, I earned like 30 of those platinum trophies in like a month 3 years ago. Fake gamer. <laughs> All right.
0: All right, Nathan, what do you got for us? um okay so this is something that i've been thinking about
2: uh we talk a lot about like the playstation ecosystem um or the xbox ecosystem but what about an in-house ecosystem right now i've ai talked about it before i have a playstation 4 upstairs my launch one that my boys use and i have my ps4 pro downstairs and they don't talk to each other i want them to be able to communicate to share save files a bit easier so if my kids wanted to play playstation they have to go upstairs and if i want to play playstation with my save files i have to play down like on my pro and there's no option no flexibility for it i just like for playstation to find a way like based probably on the ip address to say these are are on the same wi-fi network or that sort of thing where the information can be shared between consoles much easier
0: so you're talking more like around saves profiles that sort of thing because i thought you could already do that saves
2: So saves and profiles, like you can upload a save file. So on my current system right now, I have to have my PS4 launch, which my kids have as the primary system. So all the profiles work so that they can play games on any of the profiles on my one downstairs. Only my profile will play digital games. And that's it. The save files. If I want to move them, I've got to upload them through the one upstairs to the cloud and then download them downstairs which just isn't convenient like it's not as simple as it could be Um, and we're going to get into a situation where when people buy their PS5 they may not sell their PS4s this time Uh, they may give them to their kids or have their younger kids use them especially because everything's supposed to be backwards compatible so you're going to have a lot of people who may have multiple systems
0: that for the first time are going to have games that work on the same system so you're thinking something along the lines of what Stadia is doing, where it's like, I can take my session to whatever TV I want. You want to be able to take your profile to any system you want, as long as they find a way to box that off to, let's say, a specific network.
2: Yeah, like just have it. So like, here's the IP address we're on. And I'm not a programmer, so I don't it's know. Not if it's not that, that simple. simple. no uh
0: it's definitely something they could work towards but it's not as simple as just yeah they're all they all talk to each other
2: yeah but i just think a way for multiple units to talk to each other because i think you're going to have more and more households that are going to have with more and more tvs the consoles on them especially with the fact that like with the ps3 and the ps4 they didn't talk to each other at all like their games wouldn't move over when the ps5 comes out we've already been told your entire library is going to be able to be played on the PS five. So people may want to
3: keep their PS fours at that point too. So I recently went through a, a kind of a similar issue, but with Rogers cable boxes, I, I, yeah, I, I sort of inherited.
0: For those who for yeah. those who don't know, that's one of Canada's largest yes. cable
3: providers. Um, so I, I, I received a couple of uh, just they were just given to me. Give a uh, just Rogers cable boxes that I could put in a couple other rooms around the house, um, and I as soon as I tried to set it up, um, what the the issue that that I ran into was I uh, what I had to do is I had to. Uh, call Rogers to activate it. Um, But, so I I called them, I gave them the the serial number on the back of the box and the person said, oh hey, these boxes are still active on somebody else's uh, address. You can't use them here until they call us and deactivate it. So there's something... They had to call the the person had to call in and deactivate those systems. Then I called Rogers back and got those serial numbers activated on my account. So it's, it's some there's something similar and it, that that was super cumbersome because you know uh, specifically the the fact that you are you can't take your console couldn't take your console to another house, but um. No, like there, there, there's something in that setup that I think you could uh, bring into the next generation of console hardware that would make it a little bit more seamless and a little easier.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can even compare that to right now, where I have a friend that has an Xbox One X and an Xbox All Digital, and wants to be able to play those same games across systems. And right now, there isn't really a good way to do that like there's no way to say okay i own this game physically and i can play it on the one xbox so why can't i also play it on the other xbox whereas you can contrast that to something like stadia where it is i can put my session on whatever tv i want i go beep boop beep 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 put in a code and i pick up my session where i left off like there's no reason we shouldn't be able to do something similar for our other devices like for all our devices that are tied to the same account
3: absolutely so
0: so i yep. have one that kind of plays off this in that we sh- it like into the whole you know account management side of things we are at a point now where we shouldn't need discs at all Yeah, you know, pc got away from using discs decades ago at this or at least a decade ago at this point probably closer to two whether it is you know you've got code inbox or you've got a disc that just activates that game on your account there's ways to associate and disassociate those games in case you did want to resell them, but I shouldn't need to use the disc to play the game anymore. This is 2020. There's a lot of squeaking. Who is squeaking? Sorry.
1: Sorry. Damn it, Cozy. That was me. I have a, a pet mouse. His name is uh, Gaming Chair.
2: Oh, that's a terrible name. So I like your idea. Um, I think. The biggest problem is that people aren't going to let go but of they, the physical media. They don't media.
0: have to in that case, right? Like you could still have the physical disc, but just have it be okay. This game, like think about what Xbox tried to do when they launched the Xbox one. You just associate it with your account. Mm-hmm. You check in every so often or whatever to make sure the game's still active. Go one step further where it is. Yeah. That disc, that license is tied to your account. Play it wherever your account is eligible to be played. And then if you did want to get rid of the physical media, you just do the same, like you have to, dis- like you have, to f- have a good way to deactivate the license on your system so it can be resold. But why, why could PC gaming get away from this? And we're so stuck in our ways when it comes to console gaming.
1: So, so can I just say something? Would your mind be changed if the discs for the PlayStation 5 slash Xbox One had rounded edges to them?
3: what oh do you mean yeah the the wii Wii u U?
1: yeah that was a huge incentive to get discs for the wii u i used to just buy hundreds of wii u games all the time because i just want to feel those edges are
3: you even aware of what he's talking about what no what are you talking about did i had a wii u i I have no idea i still have wii u games around go take yeah, go to my
0: storage unit downstairs no, I sold all downstairs okay, not well, close
3: when you get a chance go open any game disc and take the disc out feel the edge of the the disc it is not like any other cd disc that you've felt before they've polished down and rounded the edges
0: fucking nintendo <laughs> first the gamecube shit and now this like and now they've got cartridges that but, but you can't lick without it feeling disgusting like but, but this was an improvement. This was a good we thing. We don't need disks, period. Why are we still so yeah, attached to physical media? Find a way to associate it with my account. Give me a digital code to go with the so, disk like they do with movies. I don't care. I don't want to have to put the disk okay, in the so box. One, one
3: big issue with uh, strictly yeah. digital media. Now, I, I say this as somebody um, who who is on board with uh, the convenience of digital media and in general. Um Licensing, how do you retain your rights if PlayStation goes away forever, if Xbox goes away forever? How do you re- keep your games forever and play them in perpetuity it, should the world end?
0: What if Steam shuts exactly.
3: down? What if? How? What? So what do we... You can, theoretically, with Steam games, you could play them offline, but eventually, I believe it has to check back in, doesn't it?
0: I think, I think it's every 100 years or something well, stupid. Isn't it? I'm I'm not sure. I There, there there's got to be ways like okay, this is going to get into my next point then and I'm sorry I'm doing two for Oof, one, but I, hey. I have to do it. Like So okay. Have digital games be cheaper. So give me a physical game at yeah. 68 60 US, 80 Canadian, throw me a digital code in the box. Sell me the digital game for half. Right? Give people a reason to go get the physical box if they want it. But if I'm okay with just having the digital code, there's no reason why digital games are as expensive as the phys- their physical counterparts. Put put all the publishing, disc pressing, manufacturing cost into that box. And if I want to forego that, lower the price for those digital consumers. I So I've... Had that same thought for a while now,
2: as I've been completely all digital since the PlayStation Vita, and my entire PS4 lineup is like five hundred <laughs> something games is digital. I'm getting close on the um, PS4 for sure. Yeah. Um, now, the one thing I'll say is, uh, I blanked. Give me a second. Somebody AJ, else. Could. Okay. So
3: I'm gonna. I'm gonna what do I want to see out of the next generation consoles? I'm going to, I'm going to go with some kind of low hanging fruit here because you still might. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I just think back to the launch of the Xbox one and the PS4 and te- technically neither system was perfect on it. But I, they keep promising, um, they, they used to promise uh, 1080p and sometimes 60 frames per second, right? And this time you're hearing a lot of promise for 4K 60. Very, I, like, I want a steady frame rate and I want consistent, I, I want, I want that promise to be realized, is what I'm trying to get at. I'm losing the words as we go here, but it, that's okay. Yeah, it, I I was super bummed out when like, oh hey yeah my my Xbox is totally 1080p capable, but it it's only running things at 900p. I don't right. make it if you're if you say it's going to be 4k, make it 4k and. You know, as part of the quality check, give it the old Xbox seal of approval, the Nintendo seal of quality. Uh, If it does, if it is not possible to do that, then don't promise it.
0: Yeah, that that's a good idea. Like, have a certification process for games to make sure that they meet the baseline that they're promising to consumers as opposed to it coming out being four K most of the time and stuttering somewhere between thirty and sixty, which is more jarring than yeah, thirty. And then right? blaming
3: the, the developers for not uh spending the time on it, but you know, you you can't exactly do that. Anyway, so
0: Yeah. No, it's a good one. I like I like that. It's it's definitely something that they've they've sort of dropped the ball on over the last few years is coming out with some I mean, you're always going to have games that get through the cracks that aren't up Mm -hmm. to snuff, but ultimately, yeah, like you could at least say, okay, all first party games will meet this standard. So, you know, if you go to a Sony first party or an Xbox game studios title, it's going to meet this standard you're expecting, which I feel like they're getting to at this Mm -hmm. point, but to outright promise it and have like a full certification for that would be pretty neat. I agree. Nathan, did you remember Mm -hmm. what you were trying to say or no? Yeah,
2: I was going to say, um, technically in Canada, digital games are cheaper for us, because that or he
3: totally forgot what he was trying to say. Nathan?
2: Wait, you guys not hear me?
3: Oh, no. We lose him? I we still see, We still hey. see no, you. No, Nathan, Nathan you're you're gone.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> guys. Yeah,
1: you're,
0: you're, you're was, panicking.
1: Was, it's great. I love it. Guys, was Nathan oh, ever Nathan. really there? Maybe not. Oh, shit. Is this
0: our Uh-oh. Sixth Sense <laughs> moment? Wait, oh, am I working He no. was never there the whole time.
1: I mean, he wasn't there in some of the early episodes, remember? And then all of a sudden, he Ooh. just appeared. Well, given that our Hello? gaming daddy is having some technical issues, we'll
0: let him resolve those, and we'll move on to Mr. Kazina. What else do you got to bring to this game?
1: Okay. So I've I kind of struggled to figure out how to, I would say, group together these thoughts. I'm just going to call this... I want uh, Sony slash Microsoft to make it easier to implement tools and connect to their new consoles in such ways it will make it easier for me to stream. Uh, Actually, I realized that I said I wanted to keep that simple, but that sentence is kind of (laughs) of a mouthful. I mean, saying easier to stream is pretty straightforward. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, let me bring up an example. Um, Unfortunately, I was hoping that I could take it down and uh, show it in front of my webcam, but it's currently taped down and I don't want to remove the tape. Um, so you might uh, remember how earlier in this podcast, I was talking about how I streamed a little bit of Firewall Zero Hour a couple nights it ago. It didn't go well. And you no, know, it <laughs> didn't go super well. And one of I mean, there were multiple issues with that stream. One of just that, you know, I, I got kind of queasy. Another big issue though, is that at the moment, uh, of course, if you're playing with the PlayStation VR, you need to use the PlayStation camera. Uh, to basically uh, track the location of your VR headset and also your uh, PlayStation Four Dual controller, what with the uh, color bar in back of it, and basically, uh, if you you can pretty much only use the PlayStation Eye camera. You can't use any other third-party app or any other like hardware or whatnot, and. I realize that Sony would be kind of extremely shy towards doing so, but if they could introduce some other means that would allow me to um, uh, kind of keep track of where my PlayStation VR headset or PlayStation 4 controller is, I would be greatly inde- indebted to them because that would make my streaming operations so much easier.
0: Okay. Before I talk a bit more about what you're saying there, Cozy, we're doing a sound check. Nathan, are you back? Do we got you? Can you hear me? Yes. Thank God. Woo! And you see okay. Technical You're not technical a- issues and, averted. You're welcome. And you see
3: Alice. the the waveforms ju- yeah. jumping up and down in your recording, right? When you talk? 100% perfect.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, cuz so back to your point Cozy, yeah, when you were like streaming VR in general is not fun. <laughs> like it is it is a very, yeah. you know, it's a very physical experience. So I think that probably lent itself a bit to the technical issues or the the, mm-hmm. the how you set up the, the stream but I think you were on to something where it's we, we did get better integration with live streaming from console on this generation but I think there are there are still ways that they could improve that experience for next gen and I really hope we see some really good quality of life improvements for streamers don't have the Xbox just locked down to Mixer don't uh you know, have very basic Twitch integration on the yeah. PlayStation, make it a lot easier for you to get that content where you need it for your, in this case, livelihood. Yeah. Don't be Nintendo uh. and block things over HDMI.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like I, I totally understand. You know, Sony, you know, doesn't want you to freely attach any old webcam or appliance to its PlayStation Four because of you know, there's a security risk there, but like on the opposite end of the spectrum if you keep your console too locked down in terms of what hardware and software you can and can't use with it it you know becomes a real pain um, it, you know this is a couple of console generations and many more years uh, before the current time that we're in right now but you all remember the PlayStation Vita and R-I- you probably all right that. yeah you know, you, all, you probably all remember that one of the Achilles heels of the PlayStation Vita was the were the extremely Expensive proprietary memory cards. Oh my god! The yeah, PlayStation Vita use so, so
0: stupid.
2: I would like to debuke yeah. that. Number one, the Vita had no Achilles heel. It's a perfect machine. You're wrong, but it's fine. I know.
1: Number two, this is just yeah. yeah go number on.
2: two, I ordered one from Amazon, a 32 gigabyte one, and they sent me four. Oh well, screw you. <laughs> so it was really an expensive.
0: Yeah, for you maybe, but that's an Amazon problem, not it, like. <laughs> That system was still fundamentally flawed when it came to that, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Because both consoles we know are going to have SSDs, so storage is not going to be an issue until you try to expand it, and then that cost will ramp up. But yes, cozy, I do agree with you that an easier way to stream is something that should definitely be taken into account when it comes to building these next gen machines. For sure. Now, Nathan, now that now that you've you know come back from the dead and joined okay. us on this adventure, what do you got? Um. So
2: we just talked about the Vita and I don't know if necessarily we need this, but I would like a Vita 2 or some sort of dedicated <laughs> remote streaming, uh, re- like remote uh, play device. Because I would remote play, play uh, Persona 5 uh, on my Vita through the PlayStation. Um, not the best way to do it now. I've toyed with the remote play through my desktop uh, app, which works really, really well. So I would like to see a
0: way, um, just some sort of like dedicated streaming device that would you want, work. You essentially want either a Sony Chromecast or a Sony screen that also connects to Wi-Fi and does this. Okay, yeah. so so here's yes. an
3: here's a, a a slightly related idea that I was thinking of. Um, it, why can't the so so we've got the the consoles and they're. Xbox is coming out with their streaming service which is great Um, Sony already kinda has theirs with with the PlayStation Now and stuff you got Stadia and it's proved Stadia's proved that the tech can work it's just a matter of their implementation wasn't very good what if they turned last generations box into a streaming device for the next generation of games so you're what you're doing is you're just streaming the, the, the games like any other streaming service, uh, whether it be the Xbox, xCloud, or Stadia or something like that. But specifically, you already have the box, just get the games, and then if you want the hardware to run it manually, then get it. I mean that's that's
0: an awesome idea. It sounds like Microsoft is already planning on doing some of that once X Cloud comes out mm-hmm. of beta, and we don't know what Sony's plans yet are yet for Gaikai and uh, PlayStation Now. Hopefully, you know a. a... <laughs> what's happening? I
2: don't
1: know His what's microphone happening. Microphone
3: works too good. I
1: <laughs> I. We've had phone interruptions <laughs> on this show before, but, but that, that was a good one in <laughs> you know, a whole nether dimension of weird So
2: ironically my phone just started playing music that wasn't like somebody
0: calling me or anything It just started playing fallout boy immortals. I don't know why okay. you have an Android phone, right. right? Yeah no. Yeah, that's why okay. Um, oh. so the next point that I wanted to make kind of plays off that a little bit in that It doesn't play off it at all. I just needed to segue away and next-gen consoles need to be able to wirelessly charge my controllers. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with cords. No one wants to have to deal with cords. I've already got devices that charge wirelessly. Why can't the controllers?
3: Yeah. Um, a charge. A better charging solution absolutely is a, is a good idea. A wireless way to do that is obviously ideal. You just put it on top of the console or beside the console or something. Um,
0: just pack it in with a... or offer like an optional charging yeah. mat as a usb accessory that i can just so, plug in leave wherever and just sit the controllers on it and so it does so length.
3: the um uh what is it the I, 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 a somewhat related note the xbox uh one controllers um they will take either double a's or you can buy like a rechargeable battery with a cable um why not have some sort of i don't know nfc thing in there that just does it
0: yeah, the other thing I'm adding to that point is no more batteries. Microsoft cannot ship yeah. another controller with goddamn batteries in it. <laughs> I'm surprised they still have batteries in their controllers at this I, point. I have a friend that swears by it, and I think he's a crazy person. Um, like he, he enjoys the fact that it takes double A's because it's so easy to replace instead of having to charge it every 70 hours. I'm just like, no, nothing in this day and age should take double A or triple A batteries. Like, come on. So I think they've already
2: said that the next gen will all be USB-C. Which I'm looking forward to because yeah. pretty much all my devices are USB C at this point. It charges really quickly. Um, it's you can't mix it up when you put it in, unlike the old, like the current PS4 oh ones. Oh my god, yeah. um, micro USB, riddle- the micro USB, or even the mini USB back when they had them on the like the PS3 controllers. Yep. like you can't mess up the USB C. So. I'm fine with USB-C if we don't have wireless charging uh, because it's such a better format. It charges quicker. Um, But I think an optional they're obviously going to USB-C, they've said that, but having some sort of charging mat would make sense. I just, I wonder how that works and where the charging ports are because they'd have to, it's you typically when you're using charging mats uh, through wireless technology, it's a key charging. uh, Yeah. So they need to lay flat on the mat to be able to make contact with it to transfer the the um the energy the other thing with chi charging is it's not typically fast
0: that's fair but you don't need your controller to charge fast you just need it to be able to be if i put it down for 20 minutes i can get a session out of it right it doesn't need to be fully charged in an hour it needs to have enough juice for me to be able to play for six hours not 70. Mm-hmm and i know like we've already seen the controller patents come out we're not getting something like this right away it's something i really want and you could do it where it is you figure out where the controller where, what points the controller contacts the ground when it's lying in yeah. its regular position and put it there you put it in one of the handily bits at the bottom the grip in the grip portion of the controller you could they could figure something out i don't think they will cuz i don't think those key charging um like I think you need a larger surface area to be contacted, but yeah. it's
1: it's something that would be really neat. Uh quick question. Uh what is more important to you? Faster charging or longer longevity? Like battery life?
3: I Yeah. Hmm.
0: Battery life for sure for me. Like I have I have an Apple TV and I have to charge that remote once every 6 months on hmm. average. Like it's great. My Switch Pro
2: controllers last a long time, much larger, much longer than my PS4 Yeah, and that, that
3: lasts longer even longer than even the Joy-Cons do most of the time.
0: Yeah. Mine don't, but that's because I keep them in my backpack. I take them back and forth to work because we play Smash almost mm-hmm. daily, and we don't have enough Pro controllers at work. Mm. But that's more of a me problem than a you guys problem, so I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> mm. I don't play a lot of Switch typically. It's not very
2: good. Um what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's all right.
0: Uh,
4: fucking hell!
0: Why am I hosting the show with you guys again? All right. Anyone got anything else to add to this list? Uh,
1: I I do. Uh, kind of got something. I guess. All right. Um, so I wrote down the words backwards compatibility. Me too. But I, I mean, I wanted to add something onto it. It's just so that it's not just backwards compatibility. Um, and one thing I was thinking of is like. You know, what are the, if you take a PlayStation 4 game and you insert it in your PlayStation 5, you know, what kind of benefits are you getting? Are you going to be able to like, upscale it or uh, attach on some fancy new graphical bells and whistles that you wouldn't be previously able to give it on the PlayStation 4? Or is it going to be kind of just emulating how it would look on the PlayStation 4? Uh, what would the trophy list look like? Would you be playing the PlayStation Four trophy list because it's a PlayStation Four disc, or could you theoretically upgrade to a PlayStation Five? You and your list?
0: goddamn trophies. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a legitimate question, though,
2: for the record. <laughs> it is. It is. I think, uh, like we've already been told, we're getting backwards compatibility with PS Four. The PS Three, PS Two, and PS One games are still in question. I'd like to
0: see them because I've got some PS One classics. I wouldn't mind playing on the TV again. I mean, we uh, also that... know that Xbox has been really pushing backwards compatibility when it comes back to the original Xbox and Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One. We can't just talk Sony. I know we all have PlayStations, but AJ feels left out when all we do is talk about PlayStation.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I just, I want to free the games off my PS3. I'd like not to continue to have to keep my PS3 hooked up to play the occasional game on there because it's stranded on that system.
0: Uh, But that cell processor, who knows if they're going to be able to figure that out. So I had something that sort of builds off what Cozy put or what cozy brought up with the terms of backwards compatibility and these consoles are going to be beasts of a machine when they come out so for me i would say i don't care what console the game came from i want full digital backwards compatibility so like i said earlier find a way to authorize the disc on the system whatever it might be but if i want to put my NeverSoft spider-man game from the ps1 into my ps5 it should bloody well play that game I don't care how they how they do it. Figure out a way that if I own the physical media on any of their systems, give me a way to play it
3: on the latest system. Would you buy games again if that was the only option? It would depend on
0: the game. If they offered it like a a full digital like I mean, they've all like Sony has offered PS1 Classics in the past, PS2 Classics as well as as far as I know, I think they've offered that on something, but I haven't bought any. And they offer a bunch of older games through PlayStation Now. Given the option, I would I would buy some games, but it has to be a real good price point for me mm. to do it. So I've got one that I think is a
2: pipe dream. Yep. These are all pipe dreams. Bring it. So back in the day, there was a relationship between... Uh, Sony and Steam. Do you remember when Portal yes. launched?
0: Portal, Portal 2 code yes, Portal included 2. with the PS3 version of the game. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and they had something called Steam Cloud, which allowed you to transfer your saves over yep. um, to switch between them. And this isn't quite that, but I always thought there was going to be a much bigger relationship there than ended up actually. It that kind of started and stopped there. But uh, imagine Sony or Xbox came out the door And they said, Epic Game Store is on our system.
0: Oh, shit. Mm.
1: Hmm. Huh. I think we're all... Sorry, Mitch, we were leaving you room to make a segue. No,
0: no segue. That was a holy shit moment. (laughs) Epic Game Store on console.
2: I like it. Like, they're doing things really differently right now. Uh, Epic has been purchasing the exclusives. People are really mad that they have to click a different launcher so that they have to play the game on their PC. But imagine them cutting a deal and working with a Sony or an Xbox and saying, "Are, are all our exclusives
0: are here now, too. I don't see that happening just from a perspective of they don't want to muddy the waters for their own store. Yep. But let me, let me...
3: They're going to find a backdoor through Fortnite to, to kind of break it like a Bitcoin miner. Put aimed it at, everywhere. Put it everywhere.
0: Let me, let me throw something else at you. Google Stadia on Switch.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, the Xbox-Nintendo partnership has been very strong lately. What about xCloud, X-Cloud on, Cloud Switch? on Switch? I,
0: I think if they could, they would. So we, we want these companies to play nice with each other is what we're saying. We want to see more collaboration across uh, Cross-platform
3: collaboration.
0: Do we want to expand that into saying, yes, cross-platform play, cross-platform saves, cross-platform games? Like, what do we want to call this? All of those? Like, we need a way to... Like, we can't have three different options on the list, one being cross-play, no cross-save, cross No matter
3: where anybody plays, we all should be able to play together and no matter where I choose to play, I should be able to play my games. Uh, and if that okay. means I have to pick up your PS4 controller to play my, uh, my m- cross-platform Xbox game, it, it should just let me do that.
0: That's kind of the... I think that's like, that's been a big push over the last couple of years, and I see it getting even bigger in the future. So I'm kind of being a little presumptuous... But I'm already going to bold that as being one of our top five. Like, that has to be on the list. That collaboration across platforms, right?
3: I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that, that is the big one, I think. All right. I got one more, but it's not as good as that last one, so I don't really want to add
1: it. Uh, come on now. We need to... Who knows? It might lead to us figuring out an even okay, better one. Okay, fine. It's, this is going to be a
0: little more technical, but uh-huh. the... PlayStation Store, Nintendo eShop, I don't know about the Xbox Store, suck monkey balls? <laughs> the yeah. uh, the search sucks, the discoverability sucks, there's so much there, it's so hard to find it, everything lags, everything yeah. doesn't perform the way a traditional web browser friggin' would. Find a way to improve that store experience where there is more visibility to good games, search is easier, it's smarter... Fucking integrate Google. Uh, what, what's the 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 Google Assistant? Fucking give me Google Assistant on the next PlayStation Store. Like, just do something yeah. that makes it easier for me to find the stuff that I want. There,
3: yeah, there was definitely a. Um, uh, there was an issue that I ran into. Like, you have multiple. Okay, you have okay. Company A released game A, right? And there are three different versions of that game. Uh, all. Do you want the, you standard, want the standard edition, the right? deluxe edition, just the ultimate edition,
0: the cr- super ultra mega deluxe create edition? Create one
3: page, one store page for that game with a drop-down menu that just says, hey, I want the more expensive one or I want the le- less expensive one. Rather than separating it into three, four different cues and then having separate items as well for any uh, free DLC, Any and separate ones for paid DLC. And it just, it gets way too confusing because it all starts with the same title.
0: I mean, that was something I ran into when I was purchasing the division two, when it was on sale, as I went into that page, clicked on purchase. They're like, do you want this version or do you want one of the other two versions? So it did give me that option before confirming, but they do, they have to do a better job on pages like that to compare the different features of those versions like when i'm when i'm going and looking at what the difference is between a regular and a standard and a deluxe and mega deluxe whatever you want to call it edition i need to see that side by side comparison if you're trying to get people to spend more on the game in the store i need to see that same breakdown in the store right otherwise i don't know what i'm paying more for
3: absolutely
0: yeah i know that one wasn't as fun but so on that one it's
1: it's totally a fair thing to point out oh sorry go ahead, go ahead cozy no, 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 I uh, I said everything I needed to say while you were oh. saying your thing. That's My okay.
2: apologies. Um, on that on that yeah, note, um, I would. So we talked about the PlayStation Store. Have you guys ever tried to go and look up what your purchase history is through the PlayStation Store? Yeah. It's a nightmare. Um, I think I've got three thousand digital purchases between the Vita, the PlayStation Three, and um, the PS Four. Uh, like. Uh, probably even PSP on there so I've got s- PSVR, yeah, PSVR PS1 classics there's no easy way to search it uh, I'm trying to pull it up but my internet's not going quickly right now to actually say how many I have but it's in like the 3000 and all I can do there's no search for it I just have to click the back button for 10 at a time to try and go back and look at my history
0: yeah that that can be that can be difficult from a from a design and a Like from a design perspective, if you have that much data that you're trying to fetch, if you wanted all of that at once to be able to index it and search it, it means having to totally rewrite the way that they store the data for your purchases. So it can be very technically difficult to do
3: something like that. I think what Nathan is saying is write write that code correctly from the beginning and don't build build, build it smart from the start. Yeah, you have to build yeah. it from the
0: ground up, so you would have to abandon your previous history. But I agree with you; it's something that they. Tw- co- Sorry, twenty six forty matches
2: of things that I have in my library, and I can only scroll through
0: about ten at a time, and go backwards. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not an easy problem to solve, but it's definitely one I hope they're looking into. And given that we're almost at the two hour mark of this recording, we should probably start building this okay. list. I agree. I don't know about I y'all. Agree,
1: Oh, of course
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so far If, if you guys have the doc yep. open The only choice I've bolded mm. so far Is the collaboration across platforms Has to be on our top 5 So other than that We've got mm. easier to track trophy achievements uh, Handing out more rewards to players Seamless transition between multiple devices No more physical media Activate license on account Lower price for digital games Full 4K60 promise Certification to meet those standards Easier to stream Dedicated remote play devices, let last-gen devices stream next-gen games, wirelessly charging controllers, backwards compatibility with any past console, and improve the store experience. So I think we can... Is there anything there that stands out that has to be in the top five so we can bold them now? I think... You want me to just go one by one and we can just say yes or no to potential? I think
3: fulfilling the promise of 4K60... And something along the lines of meeting some sort of certification quality standard before, you know, before a game is released, before things go out the door, would be something that we absolutely need to see.
0: I'll, I'll bold it for now, but I don't know if it makes the top five. So let's just go one by one and we'll say yes or no to whether or not we think it has the potential to make the top okay. five. Easier to track trophies in a GES.
3: no. Uh, no, not the top. Uh, it's out. Of...
1: No. Okay, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that like, uh, sorry, just yeah. quickly, like, we can't do if this for someone who of really them. cares. Be quick. Yeah. If if you're somebody who really cares about this stuff, uh, there are all sorts of alternative avenues, like websites like PlayStationProfiles.com that you can use to keep track of this stuff. It's not ideal, uh, but yeah, yep. it's not a priority. Okay.
0: Handing out more rewards,
1: yes or no? No. Not a not definitive, definitive feature. <sighs> I have to admit it. Okay.
0: Seamless transition between devices on the same network. I'm saying yes yes to this one. I think this has the potential to make the top five.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: No more physical media. Activate license to your account. I want to say yes, but I know I feel like it might get,
3: I almost feel like that blends in a little bit to the seamless transition. One. up above.
0: I think they're kind of the same thing really like, uh, I, I think it plays into it because you don't want to have to change discs anytime you're moving between devices, but that only works for digital yeah. media. It doesn't for work media. if we st- are still dealing with physical yeah. media. So someone think of a way to make those the same one, and I'll be happy with that. Lower price for digital yes. games.
3: Yes. yes. It's time. Yeah. I
0: don't think it'll happen, but it's it's definitely something that should be there. We already said 4K60 is going to be in potential. Easier to stream. Yeah. I don't think no. it makes the top five.
1: I, I mean, I'll, I'll make my brief kind of argument I'll make here is: I mean, streaming is becoming a bigger, more important industry than ever before. Uh, so many developers uh, are m- made or broken based off of whether or not their games go viral on streaming services so and whatnot. I,
0: I agree that it's important to the industry, but I don't think it makes this top five list of necessary yeah. features because it, it's already possible to stream. We would just be adding more quality of life things for a very small segment of the audience. Agreed, agreeing with you that it is it is growing very rapidly, but I don't think it makes the, the yeah
3: the, that that I could see that being number six.
0: Yeah, like you know what? Okay. I'll, I'll bold it for now, but I think
3: we're for me,
2: what I want to see is All easier right. stream. Is you don't need to buy any of the extra stuff. That you need to buy for a PC right now to do it, like capture cards and everything, you can just stream with the flexibility of what you can do on PC, but directly
0: from a console. So, anyways, yeah. All right, next one: dedicated remote play device. No.
3: Yeah. I, I love the Vita. We no. all we, we all have one. It's called our yeah. Cell phone. We don't need to buy another device. It, it should be the the console streaming cell phone stuff. You buy a fifteen dollar game clip to connect your controller to it, and it was twenty in Canada. But yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna
0: drop that. Uh, let last gen devices stream next gen games. I think this is super consumer friendly. I think they have to. I do
3: think this. it would be a fantastic idea as well.
0: Nathan, cozy, do you strongly yeah. for or yeah. against? Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah,
1: I, I think that it, it's a uh, unlikely. I'm gonna say personally, but. I think it falls off the list, but let's bold yep. it for now. Wireless charging, no. That
0: it's a pipe. I dream. think USB C is gonna help fix a lot of those problems um in terms of time. Yeah. It's not gonna be quite as easy, but it's gonna be much easier. Okay. But yeah, that doesn't make this list. Backwards compatibility with any past console. Nay. Yay or nay. You don't yeah. You you don't wanna be able to put yeah. that PS1 disk. Old in. game old um, as old, old as somebody game, old. would say, uh, I,
2: even with my PS3, I don't go back and play the backwards compatible games that often. And how many times have I bought a final fantasy seven remaster and then not pl- like played it
0: for a few hours, then be done with it. So that's fair. Okay. So it doesn't make this improving the store experience when it comes to search, discoverability and history.
1: Obviously we all want this, but I don't know that yeah, it's a great thing.
0: I, I can agree with that. So right now we actually have six. So we only have to drop one between seamlessly transitioning Ooh. between multiple devices that have the same game licenses. That's how we kind of put that no physical media thing in there. Mm-hmm. Lower pricing for digital games, full 4K 60 promise, easier to stream, let last gen stream next gen, and collaboration across platforms. So, I'm sorry, cozy, easier to stream is, for me, that's... That's what I think falls off. But I was going to say the
2: fulfill for 60 K promise, um, because I think that's really? going to be happening anyways. Um, and I don't know if all games need to be at 4k or 60 frames per second. I think some, that's a fair point. Actually. I think some games do yeah. don't get me wrong, but if we're talking shovel Knight like we did earlier in the show, that's not going to be at so, 4k.
3: Yeah. And my, my only defense of that is, it's it's less about the 4k 60 more about the promise if you're going to promise that make it happen
0: okay so i think if we remove that we've got our five now where do we think they place i think number one was pretty obvious. we have to also i wanted to do you guys want to or do you want to know i think this
2: is better unranked i was thinking about that myself and i think just having these like five features and not necessarily like here's just the five features
0: we want to see okay yeah, okay. I think that's fair. And we can let yeah, viewer I, or listeners can let us know what they think should be necessary next-gen features. And maybe if we get a few, we can read them on next week's yeah.
3: show. Absolutely.
1: Ooh, listener feedback. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Mitch, if you really wanted to rank these things. It's just... I don't know, I felt like that would have been a granular step too yeah, far. Yeah, no,
0: that's understandable. Like uh, This is a, a fluid show. This is something that is changing as we yeah. work on it. And if everyone else thinks that it is just what it is, then I'm happy to uh, see us all come to an agreement on what is the definitive list, as decided by the press YYZ host, minus Alex Ballin, who wasn't able to join us this week, of necessary next-gen features. So we have... Collaboration across platforms when it comes to cross-play, cross-save, and cross-games. Letting last-gen devices stream your next-gen games, whether that be xCloud, Google Stadia, PlayStation Now, whatever it might be. Make it easier for streamers to get their content where they need to get it. Lowering pricing for digital games and seamlessly transitioning between multiple devices when on the same network and allowing that same game license to play out everywhere. Yep. I I, I kind eh, of... Cool. Okay, fine. I, I still feel like the physical media thing should be its own point, but I got outvoted, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that <laughs> that's going to be it for our show this week. I know we went a little longer than we usually do or kind of like to, but I feel like we had a great, great time discussing what we want to see out of next I'm, gen.
3: I'm just glad you lost this time.
0: There's no winners or losers when we're collaborating, but at the end of the day, we all know AJ won't be back yes. next week. It, not again. Technically, <laughs> AJ's the loser every week. Is not that the mantra? Yeah, there was some something, uh-huh. yeah, there was something in the HR bylaws that AJ was like under, what, under what did review. You say? It had something to do with it. Yeah, he was on probation, so he couldn't win. So technically, he always yes. loses. But I digress. Let's wrap it up. So you can find the show on Twitter at PressYYZ and on any podcasting service you may choose to use. Please subscribe, share, rate, give us any feedback you might have. You can find me on social media platforms at Mr. Mitch George. Cozy, where can people keep up with you?
1: You can keep up with me on Twitter at Alex Cozina, on uh, the Twitch at Live. Uh, you know what go like me on Instagram at Alex Kuzina. Uh I'm at Alex Kazina there as well uh, I don't really post there that often but you know what I, they say that Instagram is big I want to be with where the cool kids are at follow me on Instagram AJ where can people find you uh,
3: at times hero on all the things it's a capital T and a capital H also apparently on the biggest loser always Nathan where uh, are just you? follow me at the
2: underscore and Mac on Twitter Follow me on ps4blog.net. That's where I write my reviews for. Uh, I should have a bunch coming out over the next few weeks. So,
0: And as always, thank you for listening, and thanks for playing.
3: Later!